Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt, and I'm the host of this Disney theme parks news podcast, and this is episode 152. Well, I hope everyone is having a great week. It is now Friday. We are heading into the weekend. And you know, here in New Jersey, the weather is supposed to be, looks like it's supposed to be pretty decent in the 70s, maybe a day or two. So just been waiting for that warm weather to come in. May is starting. Uh, it is actually, yeah, it's officially May now as this uh, episode comes out. Uh, my birthday is this week. Super excited for that. Um, I mean, it's a little bit of a, of a bummer because I was supposed to go on a uh, trip to the Faroe Islands. It was a dream trip of mine. Me and my buddies were supposed to go. Uh, but fortunately, we had to cancel that. Uh, so that was going to be for my 32nd birthday. Um, but uh, it's okay. You know what? I'm going to be here uh, with my wife and some family. And just uh, we're going to, I don't know, my wife's supposed to surprise me. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, just uh, excited for May to begin. And yeah, definitely some nicer weather. Uh, but hopefully all of you are doing okay and just, you know, living life, uh, living this quarantine life, doing what you can to keep busy uh, and stay safe. Um, I'm definitely keeping busy, uh, at least trying to. I have the podcast going. And I just want to remind you guys, if you don't know, I have my other uh, podcast that I do called What'd You Think? It is a movie, TV show, and video game chat review podcast that I do with one of my best friends. Uh, so we do that. Episodes go, go up usually every Wednesdays. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're into all that, uh, yeah, just... Hey, give it, a, give it a listen. I have all the links in the description on the show notes. You can check that out over there. But um, all right, so let's kind of get into this episode. Now, <clears throat> there were some new details that were released about Florida as well as California uh, finally kind of reopening uh, in general. So what, how that might have an impact to the Walt Disney World Resort as well as the Disneyland Resort. Uh, and then just a couple other uh, news items that I'm going to share with you and just, uh, yeah, maybe a couple listener questions. So, all right, well, why don't we just jump right into it and begin this episode of the Access Press Podcast.
All right, so let's kind of begin with how the states are going to be opening and how that might affect uh, Walt Disney World and Disneyland, uh, particularly, of, of course, Florida and California. So um, over the past week, there have been federal guidelines that have gone out of how the states should go through uh, phases of reopening. Now, each state will definitely be different, uh, different from each other, uh, but the most important thing to note about reopening is that uh, your state and county needs to be on like a downward traje uh, trajectory of cases of the virus and the hospitals have to be in pretty much like a good standing order and not be getting overwhelmed with new cases coming in every single day. <clears throat> And now, so uh, today or previously, uh, this past week, not today, but this past week, uh, Governor DeSantis uh, gave an announcement uh, for how the state would proceed with the start uh, of a reopening uh, going forward. Um, so he, he stated that uh, the uh, Florida will not be extending its stay at home order. Um, so a little bit of good news there, um, but Florida will also uh, be entering into phase one of the reopening process, uh, otherwise known as the safe, smart, step-by-step -step plan. Uh, and phase one is actually going uh, set to begin on Monday, May 4th of this year, so just a few days away. Um, but the, it will exclude the counties of Miami-Dade, Miami Broward and Palm Beach counties until further notice. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, in this phase one, uh, of course, if the local government allows it, uh, they do say that retail locations can, can operate at 25% of indoor capacity. Uh, and then restaurants may offer outdoor seating as long as there is six feet of space between tables. Uh, and indoor seating must be kept at 25% capacity. Um, <clears throat> so in terms of Florida's next steps, uh, the governor said that this will all be about de uh, the data and how that's going to move, how they're going to move into phase two. So like I said before, all of this is going to be based on the health metrics of how things are going out between uh, the counties. Um, so that's pretty much happening. We're going to phase one soon, uh, and then we have phase two coming up soon. So there was also some news because there is the Florida task force uh, that I mentioned in the past couple weeks that um, the president of Walt Disney World is sitting on. Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, what is it? Anthony Damara. I'm blanking on his name. I don't know why, but um so the uh there is also the orange county economic task force which is uh one of the counties that walt disney world is part of so that task force uh, has been talking about their reopening plan for theme parks um and this i this not only goes for disney but i assume universal as well but they they did have some graphics showing a lot of information that seems like some pretty concrete things of what will need to happen for when parks reopen so there were some mandates uh, and guidelines that people uh, should be following. So some of the mandates that they have that are, so things that are required are all employees are required to wear face masks. Um, I, like I said, I think that's going to be coming a new norm upcoming uh, soon. I think if you're a guest visiting parks, you should be wearing a face mask as well. Um, so that's good. Uh, they will also be uh, touchless hand sanitizers everywhere, mostly, most importantly, uh, ticketing entry and turnstiles, uh, as well as ride and attraction entries and exits. So those are touchless hand sanitizers. 
Um, temperature checks for staff uh, for whenever they show up for a shift. Uh, so their temperature must be below um, 104 degrees, otherwise they cannot enter. Uh, and then all employees with flu-like symptoms need to stay home. And then this last one didn't make a too much sense, uh, but the last one was wipe down, uh, wipe down of all railings and surfaces after every use. So uh, that one got me a little bit confused there, um, <clears throat> but. Uh, I mean, I think they, they have, there's a something else in the guidelines, which I'll talk about, which makes more sense. So it's, I don't think they're going to be wiping down every time, like someone touches their hand on a railing or something. But anyway, so those are some of the mandates that they, that they mentioned. And then, so for phase one for the parks, uh, whenever they do open, uh, phase one, they want to limit it to 50% capacity. Uh, which makes sense. Um, uh, and then phase two, you will see a 75% uh, capacity. And I assume phase three will be 100% whenever that would be. Uh, so those are all the mandates. Uh, and then they have a couple of guidelines here. Uh, and they do say that uh, they do need tape marking of six feet apart uh, within uh, ride and attraction queues, which uh, I think I talked about it last week, how Shanghai Disneyland is starting to do that as well. So that will be something that's needed. Um, and then, yeah, this is one of the guidelines that I was talking about, uh, staff to regularly wipe down surfaces at random. So now that makes sense where if, hey, you're just walking around, hey, why don't you wipe down like a railing or uh, a, a wall or something? I don't know. But um, that, that makes sense there. Um, and then, so for one of the guidelines, they actually said for phases one and two, staff who are 65 and older are encouraged to stay home. Um, because again, we know that the... the the elderly and the older uh, older folks or older people, they do uh, they are more susceptible to not more susceptible, but they do have a um, I, I guess there's more of a higher mortality death rate uh, with with them. Um, so we want to make sure that they're they're just safe. But this isn't mandated, but it is a, a guideline uh, just in case they uh, want to stay home. Um, so that's, uh, pretty much like the, the news that's going on with f the Florida parks. And that sounds like it's a bunch of concrete, not concrete, but just, uh, these are things that people are actually working on. It showed up in the, or what did I say? The Orange County, uh, economic task force meetings. I think they have those every day. So that was, um, part of a presentation that they were showing, um, so I think so those are, again, some of the things uh, that we're going to be seeing. Uh, not the, And again, we've kind of talked about this for the past uh, week, couple weeks or whatever, of how the parks are going to be opening. So um, I feel like it sounds, I'm going to go into the California in a bit, um, but it sounds like Florida might be reopening uh, maybe Disney World a little bit sooner than Disneyland. So this is what's going on with California. Um so the governor talked about how uh, I don't have the governor's name in front of me, but the the plan is divided into four different stages for California, with uh, them currently being in stage one, uh, and of course sta uh, stage one is those stay-at-home orders where everyone yeah just needs to stay home and uh, keep their social distancing. Um, so now stage two is when businesses and workplaces uh, could open, and though uh, the, these are places that are considered lower risk. So uh, these can include retailing, uh, office, schools, childcare facilities, and manufacturing. 
Um, and then stage three, uh, which is being projected to be months away, um, which allow for uh, a higher risk of people uh, may potentially getting the virus. Um, are for, uh, for This is when uh, businesses can reopening uh, like salons, gyms, movie theaters, uh, wedding venues, sporting events without live audiences. Um, those will be able to reopen and take place uh, with limitations in size. So that, that that is months away from happening. So those do not include um, uh, that. Those do not include the parks. So stage four, um, what they're saying is would require treatments for the current pandemic, which have not been developed or approved by the FDA. Um, this would not allow uh, the stage four would finally allow. Uh, concerts, live audience, sport events, and other large events, uh, and venues and large gatherings uh, that deemed higher risk. So the the um, uh, the the governor did not mention Disneyland or Hollywood Studios by name, um, but uh, I think it, it is kind of safe to say that these theme parks would fall into the stage four category because you know what, there's just so many people going to these parks. Uh, every single day so I think there is a p very large possibility that it would be in stage four and definitely not stage three so uh, that doesn't sound good for Disneyland I mean I think the, the governor's playing very smart which I mean I kind of agree in the things on, on this I mean I know we're all very eager to get back to the parks um, but I think the to me at least the safest thing I want I would rather be safe um, but it sounds like Disneyland, at least from what these guidelines uh, laid out by the governor, um, I, I don't, it doesn't sound like Disneyland is going to be opening up any time soon, at least maybe probably not for a few months, maybe the end of the year. Who knows? I mean, we're just going to have to kind of check to see um, what these metrics are, and the data of how people are being affected. Um, so those that's kind of what's going on with the, the state of things over in Florida and California. Um, of just where we are, maybe the reopening of the parks. So um, the task forces in Florida are, um, uh, they're having meetings every single day. So we're getting new information. So hopefully next week, uh, maybe we'll have a, something else to share with you guys on that. So, um, all right. So I am going to take a quick uh, break. Uh, and so when we come back, we're going to be talking about um, just some little cool things that uh, that's going on in the Disney universe. So, all right. T uh, just stay right there. We'll be right back. All right. And we are back. So, uh, it's it's be, kind of become the new norm now how you should be wearing a face setting or a, fa a, fa a face covering uh, if you're in public. Um, it's just, I mean, every time I go out, which is kind of rare these days, I only to really to the grocery store, um, but I am always wearing a face covering um, uh, as per the CDC's recommendation. I mean, you should be. Um, but Disney is now introducing a non-medical reusable cloth face mask that is going to be featuring Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars characters, uh, which will be sold in the U.S., uh, and you can pre-order those now on shopdisney.com. So the good thing about this is um, 
Disney um, is is um, they're donating one million face cloths uh, of these cloth face masks for children and families in underserved and vulnerable communities across the U.S., including California and Florida, uh, and those will be distributed by MedShare. Disney is also donating all profits from the sales uh, in the U.S. of the cloth face masks to MedShare um, up to $1 million now through September 30th. So that's good that they're not um, making uh, all profit here, but they are going to be donating up to $1 million to MedShare, um, which is great. So this is for uh, a, a good uh, charity that you can kind of help out uh, with uh, there. And Disney has worked with MedShare in the past of donating a lot of supplies to those families in need. Now, Check out the face masks, and they're actually they're pretty cool. They had some pretty pretty neat designs. A cute little baby Yoda they have there. Um, so the cloth face masks are available for $19.99 for four pack, um, and feature a wide range of characters such as Mickey and Minnie, and Anessa, Woody and Buzz, the Avengers, uh, and a bunch more. So. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I think you're going to be seeing a lot of companies uh, and brands starting to sell face masks. I know I have. There's been a lot of brands that I follow uh, and like have already been getting on board. And I was like, I, I keep I, I just thinking to myself and I was like, man, I never thought that face masks would just become like a fashion statement after a bit. Uh, and that's kind of what this is as well i mean it's good because they're doting to charity um but I, I i feel like as i keep saying this is just going to be a new norm we're going to be seeing this uh in the country for at least for the next few years of people wearing these face masks um so hey i guess why not wear it with a little bit of style but remember these face masks are non-medical um but they are reusable so um, those are now for sale on shopthedeans.com. Some pretty cool things, and I might have to pick some up myself. Um, all right, so that is that. Uh, and then one other, this isn't really like a news story, but I'm a longtime listener of, um, I'm a longtime listener of the WDW radio show, which is hosted by Lou Mangello. Uh, he's been, he's been at it since like 2005 or six. Uh, I can't remember. He's one of the, the original Disney podcasts. Um, but he had a really great interview uh, with former vice president of Walt Disney World, Dan Cockrell, uh, who also hosts his own podcast called Comrade Rain or Shine. Uh, you should actually definitely check it out. It's really great. He kind of like teaches about um, his learnings of working for the Disney company and how you can relate those to your business. Um, so he's on the show because he was promoting a new book. But Dan Cockrell is such a great storyteller and speaker. He does a lot of keynote speeches. Um, he's uh, uh, he's been on uh, the he's been on his pod. Wow, what am I trying to say? He's been on the WDW radio show several times in the past. Um, that's how I, I first learned of him. But he always comes in and drops some cool stories. But there was one really big tidbit that I found really interesting. And it's funny because now a lot of other news media stories are picking this up. 
but I actually really, I heard it and I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool little tidbit to share on the show. But now it's actually, you, you might have already heard this already. Um, but he really, he dropped some cool news um, kind of talking about how there were concepts to create like a whole tattooing uh, within Hollywood Studios right next to Star Wars. So it was going to like take over uh, the Indiana Jones Spectacular. Um, and I think there's going to be some talk with Endor as well. So, like, after Disney bought uh, Star Wars in 2012, uh, they were coming up with ideas of how they can bring more of that universe to the Disney parks. Uh, and Imagineers were working on a lot, of, a lot of concepts. Like, they were doing a lot of hard work on it. Uh, but one day, he got a call from Bob Iger, and he said he, Bob Iger had a meeting with Kathleen Kennedy, who is the president of Lucasfilm. She took the baton over, or she took the baton from uh, George Lucas. Um, so the, she was, they were talking about how they wanted to build something that could live on for generations and would not feel outdated. Um, which, I mean, it definitely makes a lot of sense, because if they built Tatooine, if they built Endor, it would be for those like 50 something year old people um that would just want to be in, in tattooing so they wanted to do something that was for uh for new generations where they could keep telling new stories and it would be part of the new universe um that they've been creating uh within the movies so uh, i just thought that was a little, little cool tidbit that they were just yeah we there we almost had a tattooing we almost had like most Eisley's cantina and all of that so that would have been really neat um, but it was a great interview. I, I really, highly, highly recommend checking it out. Um, and also check out Dan Cockrell's Come Rain or Shine podcast because it honestly helps me like learning how to be better in the workplace and how I can kind of take his advice from working at Disney and how to apply it uh, to the real world. So it's really cool. Come Rain or Shine. Uh, check that one out. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just wanted to mention that. So... Um, all right. So now we're going to do some listener questions here. Um, so we have a few, CJ, you always send in great questions. So we're, we got a few from CJ over here. Um, so, uh, let's see the first listener question we have from her is, do you get memory maker when you visit? Why or why not? Um, now I usually do don't. The only time I got it was when I went on my bachelor party. I might have talked about this uh, in the past on the show, or at least on the bachelor party episode, where I, I got it because I wanted um, I wanted to get as many photos as we could, because um, my my plan was to make like an album as like a wedding present. So that's what I did there. Um, so yeah, I got Memory Maker for that, and every time we found someone just standing there, we would go and get our photo taken with them. So, um, that was the one time, but usually, like, usually we don't, like, my, yeah, we, because we don't really like the, like, uh, my wife and I were not big, like, on meeting the characters, so, uh, we don't, we didn't really care too much for that, but it is fun to, like, get your photo taken by a photographer, uh, when they're just, like, standing around doing whatever, um, this last trip, I didn't get it mostly because uh, the annual pass holders that we were with, they had it. So if we got any photos, we were able to just take it from them. So 
Um, that's one reason we didn't get it. Um, so yeah, it's it's just not it's not something that we would normally get for the memory maker. Um, uh, and I should have explained if you have no idea what the memory maker is, it is a separate package that you can buy. I think it's like $150 or $160, um, but you could buy it for a whole trip and you can get as um, many downloads as you want, or you can get all the photos you want taken at Disney World by the PhotoPass photographers. Uh, and you can down download it right, uh, download those photos right from the app itself. Um, all right, so yeah, CJ, thanks for that question. Um, so one of the next question is from her is once the parks reopen, uh, the first thing you're doing is blank. Uh, so this is on my next trip back. Um, so, I mean, realistically, I probably won't be going sometime this year, but uh, I've got after being at Walt Disney World back in November, I really want to stay at the beach club or the boardwalk. I real I finally realized, because we spent a decent a couple nights there, I, I just realized that that is such a great area to be in. Just to walk around uh, or to take the Skyliner or take the go walk to Epcot or you can even walk to Hollywood Studios if you want. Uh, that is such just such a great area to be in, um, especially as an adult. I think it's a great area to be in. Um, there's just so much to do over there. So the first thing I'm doing, hopefully, is staying at uh, one of those resorts and just walking the boardwalk at night. So um, that's my plan. Hopefully, whenever the parks reopen, I can do that. So, all right, so this next question from her is best resort room you've stayed in and why? Uh, so that is like a really great question. And yeah, she followed up saying, what what was it that you liked? Was it the view? Was it the, the room type? What was it? Um, so I, I, when I first heard this question, my immediate reaction was to when my wife and I, we went on a trip in 2018. So this was actually like right before, I, a few months before I started the podcast. Um, we did a very last minute trip. Uh, we booked it like, um, it was a month. Yeah, it was only a month out. We, we decided to do a very last minute trip uh, in early March. And uh, we were using my father-in-law's DVC points. And the only thing that was available uh, for like five days was a two-bedroom villa over at Old Key West. Uh, Old Key West, uh, if you're not a DVC member um, and if you're not sure how the points works, um, like Old Key West is always one of the last resorts to like get um, booked up. It's just one of the least desired resorts or it is the least desired resort to stay at uh, for DVC. Um so uh, thankfully there were, there were, um, there was a room ready, but uh, two bedrooms was, uh, too big. So we actually invited as many people as we could. And luckily one, one of our friends were, were, could meet us for half of the time we were there. So with us for a few nights, but the room that we got, um, man, it was just awesome. Cause I've mentioned this in the past where old Key West, they have the biggest rooms on property because they were the original Disney vacation club, uh, resort. Uh, so when they made them, they didn't think it, Disney vacation club would be get like, they would be super huge, but it was highly in demand. That's why they built more, uh, vacation club resorts. Um, so this room was just massive. It was so big. 
Um, but where we were situated was in just a really great spot um, in the resort. We were like, we were very close, uh, maybe just like a less than a hundred yards to the bus stop. We were very close to the bus stop. Um, uh, and then the, the view that we had, the view was just, it was great because what it was, it, we were on the third floor. I think it was, um, if you're not familiar with Old Key West, there's, I, I mean, it's all like kind of condos. It's a big spacious uh, land. It's not like a big, uh, they don't have like a big lobby that you walk into. Like you just go to, you just get dropped off and go to your, uh, your villa. Um, but it's three floors. Uh, we were on the top floor and we were kind of tucked away in this corner. Um, but it was really great because we had a great view of the river and that's where the boats would go by to go to Disney Springs. So there's a boat launch at Old Key West that brings you all the way to Disney Springs. So we had a really great view of the boat. So it was kind of relaxing just watching the boats go by every maybe it was like 10 minutes or something like that. But um, it was just a really quiet view. Great view. Uh, loved it uh, and yeah we just I just really enjoyed that it was very peaceful where we were like I felt that when we got back and we were done with the resort uh, we were just going home like that's why when Disney always says when when you're a Disney Vacation Club member or that you're staying in a villa, uh, it's always like, welcome home. Well, I think they do that in Disney in general, but um, I just, I honestly felt like I was going home every single night when uh, we would get back from the parks or from the evening, whenever we were, it, it, it honestly felt like it was just our kind of private area and just we were able to hang out. And I actually really, really liked that stay for those reasons, because to me, I had, I actually had pretty low expectations of Old Key West but it actually blew my expectations. I, I liked it a lot. It was gorgeous. The one downside to the room that it did feel uh, outdated um, just because they are the oldest rooms. The couch was kind of uncomfortable, um, but otherwise uh, I, I, there was just so much space in, in that room to just walk around. The living room was huge. The hallways were big. Like I can, I can easily compare it to um, the Animal Kingdom two-bedroom villa that we were just in, and it's it's like night and day how much bigger the old Key West um, uh, two-bedroom villa was. It was nuts. So um, to me, that was the the best resort room uh, that we stayed in by far. Uh, but probably the second best is being at Olani. The one bedroom was phenomenal. We had a, a pretty great view itself. It wasn't that bad, but um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. So, but yeah, oh, Oki West, who knew that would have been my, uh, my favorite, uh, resort room. Um, so, uh, yeah, so those are the questions, CJ. Thanks for sending those in. Guys, I would love to have your questions. Um, cause with the, the news not, there has, there's not really any news going on. Um, I love answering Disney trip planning questions. So if you have any, Hey, reach out to me. I would love to, uh, just kind of get those in and answer for you, uh, answer for them on the show. So, uh, CJ, thanks again for all your always asking really great questions. So much appreciated there. So, all right. Well, that is going to end this episode. Hopefully, uh, I forgot to mention, hopefully you, la you enjoyed last week's, uh, or this past week's, uh, interview with a cast member episode. We got another one coming out this week, so uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying them. <laughs>
But all right, so that is going to wrap it up this episode. Uh, make sure you are subscribing to the podcast. Uh, you can do so on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, or however you listen to podcasts. Uh, and if you can, please leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Give it that, fo- give it those five stars. If you can, it'll really help out the show. You can find all of our episodes at excesspresspodcast.com. You can follow me on social media at Excess Press Podcast on Instagram. Uh, and again, if uh, you uh, want to be on the uh, future show, if you were a previous cast member and you would like to talk about your time working at Disney, hey, just reach out. You could shoot me an email over at matt at excesspresspodcast.com or send me a direct message on uh, Instagram. Uh, and then again, once again, uh, check out the podcast show. What'd you think? Uh, all the links of that are in the description. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in and for your support of the show. This is Matt from the Excess Press Podcast signing off. Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage. <laughs>